0: Welcome to the podcast for the First United Methodist Church, located in Round Rock, Texas. This week, we have a very special guest with Pastor Ryan McCord. Ryan is going to kick off a new sermon series for us with the Book of Exodus. We're happy you joined us today as Ryan begins to tell us about one of the Bible's most predominant characters with the story of Moses. We very much so hope that you're enjoying these podcasts and we invite for you to join us online at fumc-rr.org for all of our church information. We also hope you join us on social media at fumcrr on all social media platforms. If you'd like to give to this podcast and other ministries, please text 44321 and follow the instructions. Again, we hope you have a very blessed week. And better yet, we hope to see you soon at the First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas.
1: Thank you so much to the band for leading us in worship. Let's take a moment. Let's pray before we get started. Let's pray with me. God, we thank you so much that we get to be with you in worship. God, I ask that we never forget the privilege it is to gather in your name to worship you to sing songs of praise god could we fill this space with our praises god i ask that you open our eyes and our hearts as we study your word could we see you could we hear you move could we offer you our endless our unending gratitude father could we could we do that in this space now help us to turn our ears to you, Father. Open our eyes to see what it is you have for us. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you for our band. We thank you for those who serve and help help these services come together the way they do so we can worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, church. It's so good to be with you today. I want to extend a special word of thanks to my pastors, to Brad and to Pat and to David uh, and to pastors who have been in this church who've helped raise me like pastor Will and pastor David and pastor John Clifford as well. They have raised me in my faith. And I want to say thank you to you, my church, you raised me in my faith and I grew up here. I came to know the love of the Lord here. And it is because of you that when I was 16, I felt the calling into ministry. And so I have pursued education. I'm still in that long process of pursuing education, but I'm going into ministry because of the way that you loved me and the ways that you taught me the love of the Lord. So I want to say thank you. It is such an honor to be here with you. I'm so grateful for you all um, I want to let you know that I mean it when I say that you have shaped my future. I am going into ministry because of what has been done to me in this church, what the Lord has done for me, um, and it's largely because of your efforts. So I want to say thank you. I am so excited that I'm kicking off the series on Exodus. I'm thankful for the invitation, and I'm glad that we are going to be able to cover the first bit of Exodus. I will tell you, I was a bit ambitious, but I am going to work to cover the first 80 years of Moses' life. And I'm going to do it. I will do it in less than 20 minutes. I promise you that. Um, But I will say it was ambitious. I will say that. Um, But, and forgive me as I get this stand to hold. I think my Bible might be a little bit too heavy. But I tell you what, the word of God is never too heavy for us, right? We can can hold it. We can read it. We can do it. But listen to what I have for us this morning. Okay, so my goal, I'm going to share with you a few things. Above anything else, my goal this morning is not that you necessarily remember any of my points. I will share them with you. There are three of them. My goal isn't that you remember a certain number of points. My goal is this I want you to walk out of this place with one or two unique things that the Lord is speaking to you and to your heart, to your life, and to your situation. And that could mean that all of us walk out of here with one different thing or maybe two different things. But I had to free myself of what my expectations were for what a sermon would be. There's a lot of ways that I feel like I wasn't even checking my own boxes in my mind, um, which is neat because we're going to talk about deliverance today. We're going to talk about freedom. And one of the things we're going to see is how God can deliver us from our own expectations. Um, So I need to deliver myself from my own expectations, but I also want to free you. It's not about taking a certain number of points out of here. I just want to challenge you that you walk out of here with one or two unique things that God is saying to you. But I'll tell you what my goal is as well. My goal is to cover the first 80 years of Moses' life, which is ambitious, but I'm going to do it in under 20 minutes. And I'm going to cover the first three chapters of Exodus, which is also a lot. So I'm going to do a lot of summary, and I'm going to read to you out of Acts, which might sound confusing, and I'll explain that in a bit. But we're going to study the book of Exodus for the next few weeks. This month, it's going to be the book of Exodus. And I love the life of Moses, and that's who we're studying today. And let me tell you why I love Moses. Moses is someone just like you and me who is flawed, who is not perfect by any means. And God chooses to use him. And he shows up in really unexpected ways in Moses' life. And so I want to also challenge you to one more thing. I want to challenge you to two things today. To walk out of here with one or two unique pieces that God is speaking into you in your life, whatever that might look like. I want to challenge you to listen. What is God saying to you directly today? It might be different than the sermon points, but what is he saying to you? What can you take home? What can you think of all week? I want to challenge you to do that, but I also want to challenge you to read through Exodus as we're going through the sermon series. Maybe think about what that's going to look like. Perhaps it's reading a chapter a day. But if you do that, as we're going through this series, you will be able to read the stories that are going to be preached on, and you're going to see these pieces come together. So I want to challenge you to do that. The Word of God shapes our lives. So I want to encourage you to read as much of Exodus as you can in this time. But I'm going to tell you two things. Timing and age are going to be everything today. That's what I'm focusing on. So I'm going to tell you where we pick up in the story starting in the beginning of Exodus And I'll explain to you why I chose to preach out of Acts in just a moment. But I'll tell you this, timing and age are everything. And it's not the way you think it is. So, okay, I want to set up the scene. I want to kind of summarize where we've been and where we're going. We've studied Genesis the past few weeks, right? And when you leave the book of Genesis, what you know is that Joseph is in power, right? He was someone, we're going to talk about oppression and slavery a lot too. And I'm really glad that Addie's here because we know as hard as it is and as heartbreaking it is that slavery and oppression still exists today. And it's not, like she said, it's not across the, it's not across the ocean it happens here too, right? There's human trafficking. There are other things. There's even such thing as we can be enslaved to our expectations and to fears and we need deliverance from all of them. And we're going to see God bring deliverance through the life of Moses, through the story of Exodus. So I challenge you to look for that. But timing and age are everything. And so we're going to pick up where we left off. So God's people, I'll refer to them as either the Israelites or the Hebrew people. I use those terms interchangeably, but it's the same people. They left off in Egypt. Joseph, who was enslaved himself, ended up being delivered. And he worked his way up to be second in command in Egypt. And we know from our study the past few weeks that he saved all of Egypt from famine. And he was reunited and reconciled with his family too. And they stayed in Egypt. So the story of Exodus picks off not far from where you left off in Genesis. God's people are in Egypt. But we know that a new Pharaoh comes to power. And when this new Pharaoh comes to power, he looks around and he he, he sees two things. New Pharaoh comes to power and he does two things. He says, there are so many Hebrew people, so many Israelites, so many of God's chosen people that if war were to ever break out and they chose to fight against us, they could overpower us. So this new Pharaoh says, I don't like that. That is too threatening to me. So he says, I'm going to do two things. I'm going to oppress and enslave God's people who are in my land in Egypt. So he took those who were already there and subjected them to physical labor. And his his goal was literally to work them to death. That was what he wanted to do with the Israelites. So he said, I'm going to do two things to to diminish the threat of there being too many of God's people in my land. I'm going to enslave the ones who are already here. And I'm going to put out a decree to kill all of the baby Hebrew boys, to also keep the population down of these Hebrew people, God's people in my land, in Pharaoh's land of Egypt. So he does those two things. And that's where the life of Moses starts. And so as I said earlier, I'm going to be trying to summarize three chapters of Exodus. It's quite a lot. Acts 7 actually does that in just a few verses, which we'll get to in just a moment, which is why I picked that. Um, And if nothing else, I love being able to advocate that sometimes the best commentary on scripture is scripture. So what Exodus tells us in three chapters that sometimes has a little bit of gaps in our mind, we have these questions, we don't understand everything. The best commentary is other parts of scripture. What we don't get in Exodus, the details and whatnot, we get in Acts. So if anything else, I just want to encourage you, keep reading scripture even when there are things that don't make sense because often other parts of scripture will help you to make sense of it. So we're going to read in Acts, but what we see, is that Moses is born into this time when he should have been killed. He's a Hebrew baby boy. He should have been killed. But if you've seen the Prince of Egypt, like that is where we are today. Let those like credits and let the movie flow through the back of your mind. There's a baby boy, Moses, he's born. He's supposed to be killed, but his mother keeps him safe. She eventually puts him in a basket and he floats down the Nile, right? I'm going to cover that in a minute when I read Acts. But what we know is this. Moses was born into a time when he should have been killed, but he was not. And so that's where I'm actually going to start reading in Acts 7. And as I said, I chose the book of Acts because Stephen, who we know is someone who's giving a testimony of faith in this chapter of Acts 7, he's standing before, they're called the Sanhedrin. They're essentially the Jewish Supreme Court. He's giving a testimony of faith. He, in about 20 verses, gives a summary of the entire Israelites history. He gives a history of God's people through the old Testament. He starts with Abraham and he goes all the way to Jesus and he gives a history of God's people. And his main point is this, what Stephen is saying in Acts seven is this God always sends someone to rescue his people. That's what he's trying to say. So he starts with Abraham. He covers the life of, life of Moses. He covers three chapters of Exodus and just a few verses, which is why I chose it today. And then he goes on and he keeps talking about other people who God has sent. He sent kings, he sent judges, he sent people like, he sent people like David and Solomon. And then eventually from that lineage comes Jesus, our ultimate deliverance, right? But what Stephen is doing in just a few verses is he's summarizing the entire life of Moses in the first three chapters of Exodus. So I'm gonna start off reading in just a moment. But what we know is this Moses was Pharaoh, or Moses, excuse me, Moses was Hebrew by birth. Okay, he was born a Hebrew. But he was discovered by Pharaoh's daughter and he was raised in Egypt. So get that. He's Hebrew by birth, but he's raised as an Egyptian. And we don't know anything else until 40 years later. And I'll say it again, timing and age in this sermon are everything. Age plays a big part in what I'm trying to tell you today, what I think God has for us. We don't know what happens between him being raised and him being 40 years old. There's a gap we don't know. But what I do know is this. When Moses was 40 years old, he decided, you know what I'm going to do? He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to see what life is like for fellow Hebrews because he himself was a Hebrew, though he was raised to be an Egyptian. He said, I'm going to go see what life is like for my fellow Hebrews. And when he does, and this is where I'll start reading, he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew and he's overcome with anger and he kills that Egyptian. He kills the man who is beating one of his own, a Hebrew. So I'm going to start reading. I'm going to be in Acts 7 And I'm going to start in verse 23. Again, that's Acts 7. I'm going to read chapter 7, verse 23. When he, Moses, was 40 years old, he decided to go and visit his own people, the Israelites. When he saw one of them being mistreated, he came to that man's rescue and avenged the oppressed man by striking down the Egyptian, the one who was beating him. He assumed his people would understand that God would give them deliverance through him but they did not understand. The next day, he, Moses, showed up while they were fighting and he peacefully tried to reconcile them. Men, you are brothers. Why are you mistreating each other? One of them pulled him to side and said, who appointed you as ruler and judge over us? He says, do you want to kill me the same way you killed that Egyptian man yesterday? These are, okay, these are the two verses we're going to camp out on, the two most important verses I think I'm going to read today. Acts 29 and Acts 30. When he heard this, Moses fled and became an exile in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. Moses thought that no one knew that he killed a man. He was panicked, killed a man, looked around. He thought no one knew. He finds out that an Egyptian did know. And when word gets out to Pharaoh, whose household he grew up in, by the way, a decree would be out to kill him. His life would be threatened. So it says, when he, when Moses heard this, he fled and became an exile in the land of Midian. And he became the father of two sons. After 40 years had passed, again, timing and age is everything. We're going to cover the 40 years, but think about that. He was 40 years old when he killed a man. He fled into exile for the safety of his own life. 40 years later, Moses is now 80 years old. 40 years later, when Moses is 80 years old, after 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in the flame of a burning bush. When Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he was approaching to look at it, he heard the voice of God come to him, and he said, I am the God of your ancestors. This is what you guys studied in Genesis, right? I am the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Moses began to tremble and did not dare look. That's what we're going to be focusing on today, timing, God's timing and age, okay? Those are the two things. I know those aren't normally what you hear in a sermon. I think off-topic things are like age, like you're not supposed to mention age, but we're gonna talk about it today. And I wanna to talk to you about God's timing and how it does not match ours. But as I was reading this, and even this goes back to like last summer for me. I read a book called The In-Between Place. And in this book, the author talks about majority of our life happens in between monumental moments, right? Like not every single day is a monumental moment. In-between spaces kind of dominate our lives. The moment in between your child being born and them graduating or going off to school. The moment between you starting school and finishing. It could even be such things as like, the moment summer starts versus the moment summer ends, right? For students, I know summer's just like weird, it's cool, but it's like this in-between time of you're not in one school year, you're not in another, like it's just this in-between space, right? Time in between getting married and having children or starting that dream job and what comes next or starting retirement and what comes after or sort of your kids being in high school versus them growing up and you coming in empty nest right like there's these monumental markers in our lives that are filled predominantly with this in between space and that's what i was thinking about and that's what i think we see in this story of moses he was 40 years old when he saw a man beating a hebrew and he killed him in I used to think, and I think it's logical, I think if you read through Exodus, you actually don't get the numbers. And that's part of the reason why I chose to read out of Acts as well. Because Exodus doesn't tell you how many years passed between him killing a man and running and God encountering him in the burning bush. Exodus doesn't give you the number of years. So I remember I read that at one point, and in my head I was thinking, okay, Moses was maybe like in his 20s, because that kind of seems like... I don't know, like people in their 20s are probably quick to anger, right? I don't know, so I'm told. So I was like, he made he made a rash decision when he was about 20 years old, ran for his life, and then God maybe came to him like a few years later, right? Like that's what, when I used to read this story, that's what I thought. But that's what I'm here to tell you is not true. God's timing and age are everything. He was 40 years old when he killed a man, and it wasn't until he was 80 years old that he encountered God in the burning bush in 40 years past in between. Can you imagine what it would be like two monumental markers in your life having 40 years in between? Like there are moments in life where I think a week is too long to wait between one moment and the next. Like a week feels too long for me sometimes. But it was 40 years. So it's the first thing I want to say to you today. And again, I have three points, but my goal is not that you walk away being able to recite them. My goal is that you take one or two unique things that God is speaking to you and you think about them. That's the first thing I want to say to you. God meets us when we run away and we are consumed with feelings of regret or guilt or shame. Moses ran away for his life because he was scared. He made one mistake And it would have been easy for him to believe or it would have been easy for anyone to say or for us to read that story, right? And say he made one mistake and he ruined his future. His future was gone. He grew up in power and position. He grew up in Pharaoh's household. He could have potentially been a ruler over Egypt one day, right? But he made one mistake quickly, one rash decision. And you could say he ruined his life, changed the shape of his future. He threw his future away, right? He ran away. But I'm here to tell you, it's my point number one, if you will. God meets us when we run away and we are consumed with feelings of regret or shame or failure. My point number two is this this story shows us another thing. That's my second point. God may call us at a time in our lives when it doesn't feel logical. Right? Like I think we're conditioned, at least if you're a product of the education system here, you are conditioned to think, by the time I graduate high school, I'm going to know what I want to do with the rest of my life. And if I go to college, if that's my next step, I have to pick a path that again determines my career. Or if you don't, I have to pick trade school or this, or right? Something that determines my future. But there is like this pressure. And I know that I'm speaking to more of the young people because I, I this is where I'm at in life, right? But there's this pressure, or even if you're not in your career, I have to know what step to take, where to work, what field to narrow in on, or what skills to do so I can get that promotion so I can keep going, right? Like we're so conditioned to focus on what comes next. And it it has to be this linear order, right? Or at least in my mind, it does. Like when you're 16, you should know what you're called to do. That should shape what you do when you're like, when you're looking and you're searching for what comes next. And then all of your steps should be like gradually working towards this goal, right? But look at the life of Moses. He was 80 years old when God called him. Can you, can you imagine what it would be like if it, your life, you didn't have a burning bush moment, that moment of clarity with the Lord where he comes and meets you, and all of a sudden it makes sense, your, your passions, your giftings, your desires, how it's gonna mold and shape you in the future. Can you imagine what it would be like if you didn't receive that until you were 80 years old? So I'm here to tell you this. If you're sitting in this room and you're thinking, I have never had that moment with God yet, that like that burning bush moment I'll call it where it's clarity where God meets you and he gets you. he grabs your attention right Moses saw a bush and in Exodus it says he was amazed because the bush was being consumed or the bush was on fire and it wasn't being consumed I love that imagery it was on fire yet it wasn't being consumed I think as Christians that's the story of our lives God got Moses's attention and all of a sudden even though he didn't know the specific details his life was going to take a certain direction after that. He was 80 years old when that happened. So I wanna tell you, if we look at Moses's life, when you run away after making a mistake or freaking out or whatever it is, if you have feelings of guilt or failure or shame, God's gonna meet you there, number one. And number two, God's gonna call you at a time in your life when it doesn't feel logical, right? Receiving that calling at 80 years old, like that doesn't seem logical, right? Age does not matter with God and there is nothing that you can do that he can't redeem. Point number three is this. Listen to this. God's deliverance is so powerful that it redeems the in-between spaces. It's so natural to think, if only I knew this, at that time in my life when I was younger, or if I only didn't make that mistake because it cost me years of my life, or if only this, or if only that, if I'd only known this or if I only did this or if I only didn't do that one thing, right? Like it's natural for us to think of that. God's deliverance is so powerful. It will redeem the in-between spaces of your life with God. You do not have to worry about the time in between the time that I would argue we live most of our lives in. You don't have to worry about that going to waste if he calls you at a time, then it doesn't feel logical. He's, he hasn't wasted anything. I know I'm running out of time, so I can't get into it too much, but Moses did two things in those 40 years in between. We don't know much, but we know two things. He became a shepherd and he became a father. Two skills, I would argue, he needed for what God was calling him to next, which was delivering his people. It's easy to think I've wasted X amount of years in my life because of something I did, the way the chips fell. It cost me something, right? Like it, there was time that was wasted. I'm here to tell you that with God, none of the time in between is wasted. Listen to this. Swear is where I'll, I'll close, but listen to what this one commentator said. I love this. He says, four long decades later, 40 years, right? God meets Moses at a burning bush. He's been an ordinary shepherd in a forgotten area. And surely any dreams he has of being used mightily have faded into oblivion. But this is the Moses that God wants to use to deliver his people. The 80-year-old Moses, not the 40-year-old Moses. God meets us when we run away and we're consumed with feelings of guilt and shame about our past. God may call us at a time in our lives when it does not feel logical or it doesn't make sense. But know that nothing leading up to that point of calling, that moment of clarity with God, which you will, all of us will have, I promise you, nothing leading up to that point has been wasted or it's irredeemable. There is nothing God can't redeem. God delivers his people. When you think of Exodus, remember this, the story Moses remembered this, where you see God's deliverance you see his glory. That's what the life of Moses is gonna show us over the next few weeks. We're gonna transition into a time of communion. We know that God hears our cries, Exodus tells us so, and he sends people to deliver his children. He sent Moses, we know that eventually he's gonna send his son Jesus, right? That was the ultimate deliverance. God hears our cries sees his people when they're oppressed and enslaved and he oppressed and enslaved and he brings deliverance and as we experience communion i want you to remember that communion is the observation of the deliverance that god brought us from our own sins our own failures our own shortcomings communion is the deliverance we experience through his son jesus let us remember that now as we move into a time of communion
0: Thanks for tuning in to this week's Sermon Series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.